Hey, y'all. Welcome to Latte and Laundry. I'm Suzanne Bilodeau, and I am so honored to be with you here as we navigate motherhood, wifehood, sisterhood, and everything in between. This is a podcast for my fellow imperfect people who want to grow in greater communion with our most perfect God. So join me and my friends as we laugh, cry, dive deep, and explore with one another as we journey towards stilling our souls while moving our world. Welcome back to another episode of Latte and Laundry. I'm Suzanne, and today I want to talk to you guys about something that might at face value seem somewhat controversial, but I promise you it's going somewhere. Um, So before we do that, though, I wanted to open us up with a Bible verse, and it's a really simple Bible verse, but it kind of alludes to what we'll get to in our topic today, and it says, um, it's Psalm 107, verse 6, which says, Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. And it's something that I've been praying through and exploring recently. And the topic at hand today is let them cry. Now, (laughs) before you get all worried, this is not an episode um, around the debate of whether or not you should let your babies cry it out. Although I do feel passionately about the answer there, but that's a, that's a whole other topic and can be a whole other episode. But what I want to talk today is generally just about letting our children cry. And I think I'll be really honest and vulnerable here. And I don't think this is the case for all of my listeners, but I know that it likely could be a shared experience that other people have had where sometimes I have heard the tears of my children and the cries of my children, and my my outward self might respond appropriately and lovingly, but a lot of times inside, I have this adverse reaction. And I've started to pay attention to it recently where my body tenses up, my heart might race, and it's almost like I'm anxious about what I have to deal with. And I don't know if this comes from a disordered place, from these like, like a triggered place within me, some places that have a deeply need some healing that have been wounded Um, because I do know as I've gone through my healing journey over the last several years it typically if you have a triggered response to something it usually means that it's coming from somewhere else that there's a reason why you get triggered and honestly I don't know some but I also think that sometimes this might not just be this like deeply wounded place or something that needs a healing in my life but oftentimes it can simply be that I am quite frankly as a mom of many and I'm sure this can hold true for my listeners who may be a mom of one but that I get very overstimulated throughout my days. I might be in the kitchen cooking dinner with a fussy baby on my hip with two kids fighting near me with another one begging me for a snack before we eat another one screaming from the toilet they need to be wiped and I simply feel over loaded and overstimulated. So I think a lot of times my own internal reaction um, comes from that. But I started to um, notice something that our Lord just completely opened my eyes to recently. And it's the beauty of letting your children cry. And I'm just going to digress for a second here and talk about my own experience of what opened my eyes to this recently. It's so simple and so basic. And so it's nothing profound. 
but it just walks you through exactly what I'm speaking to. So my sixth born after being born was extremely, extremely colic. And I've had a few colic babies, but this was a whole other level, which unfortunately actually led to some additional medical issues that were a result of her colic being so intense. And um, knowing that she just had this really like tight, wound up, stressed little body, I really had to surrender in this season of newborn and um, just utterly hand my days over to God and spend a lot of time working on relaxing her little body and growing and bonding an attachment for her to help calm her colic and help her um, basically be able to handle life within a family of eight. So because of that, I often spent a lot of hours of my days in those first few months, um, skin to skin snuggling her in a rocking chair, in her bedroom, um, for hours a day, to be honest, in the quietness and the darkness and just really like soothing experience with her. And it was sad for me because as much as I was treasuring this devoted time with her, it was almost like her colic forced me to slow down in a way I never even knew was necessary with a newborn. Um, But there was also this piece of it that was sad for me because I was missing my other kiddos. I mean, I wouldn't have been able to do this if it was my fifth born because my, my other kids would not have been quite old enough. But now having an almost teenager in the house and a pretty mature 10-year-old, almost 11-year-old in the house, and so forth, I felt a freedom to be able to go in that room, spend that time with her, knowing that all will be well. They might have eaten a little bit more junk than they should have during this season. They may have engaged in doing things that I probably, if I was down here, would have asked them to stop doing. There might have been a few fights I didn't even know about. (laughs) But this is where God was asking me to be, right here, right now, in this room with the baby. And so... Uh, To be honest, there was like a deep ache in my heart, even though I trusted that our Lord wanted me doing this just for this short-lived season. There's a deep ache in my heart of missing connection with my kids because as many of you probably know throughout my talks about homeschooling and just my mom heart for my children, that I really desire connection. And a lot of times it might not look like it because our days are so busy. I'm often just on my feet in the kitchen or wiping or cleaning. But the many connections we have simply by somebody helping me make something really quick or running through the kitchen and telling me something they just saw or a picture they just drew or mom, can you read this story to me real quick? Or doing simply even just my read aloud or my read alouds during, excuse me, during snack time or lunchtime. And I just haven't had the capacity um, to do that in this season. So my heart was aching in this missing connection. And one day I had been upstairs with the baby, um, rocking her, doing a lot of skin and skin time for a while. And I came downstairs and something happened amongst my kids. I don't even remember exactly what it was. But my three-year-old, who had, who was very highly emotional during, during these years, um, came over to me crying about something. And I tend to find that during the busyness of life, those typical adverse reactions could sometimes come off as if I was annoyed at my daughter's tears. Or I would say, what, what is it, Letty? What's going on? You know? And I, of course, I would take care of whatever her needs were and I would hurt for her if something was going on that was bothering her. But this day, something different happened in my heart. On this day, when I saw her tears, my heart swelled up with joy. 
and not joy to see her tears, but joy to come scoop her up and kiss her cheek and wipe her tears and connect. And suddenly the Lord opened my eyes to the beauty of tears. There have been many theories over the years and over the centuries of why people cry. And evidence has been mounting more and more recently in the last chunk of years to support um, the theory that tears trigger social bonding and human connection. Okay, so scientists have found evidence that emotional tears are actually chemically different from the ones that people shed while chopping, let's say, onions or something, which may help explain why crying sends such a strong emotional signal to others. In addition, there's to the enzymes, lipids, metabolites, and electrolytes that make up normal tears, emotional tears actually contain more protein. And they're not positive as to, as to why this is the case. But one hypothesis is that the higher protein content makes the tears actually um, thicker <laughs> and stick to your skin more strongly. So they run down the face slower, making them more likely to be seen by others. And I started to just pay attention more closely to a lot of this stuff, realizing that God was presenting me with an opportunity with my children when they cry. And I'm not saying, okay, it's great when your kids cry, so you should provoke them to cry for some reason or take delight in their tears because that is not what I'm implying here. But what I'm saying is simply instead of having this adverse response where we feel like we need to quickly solve the problem and move on, to recognize it as an opportunity for connection, deep connection with our child. There is a reason our bodies were made to cry, right? And um, I think one of the things that we as moms, I know for myself, it's very true. And I've heard other moms talk about this. So I'm sure some of my listeners can relate. I think one of the things that we mamas struggle with is being very uncomfortable with our child's own pain. And so I think a lot of times we want to hurry and have them feel better because we are so uncomfortable. We hurt for ourselves, but sometimes, my friends, we hurt a thousand times more for our children. So if they're hurting, whether it's something to do with a friendship or a relationship or physically hurting, their tears can make us so uncomfortable because we want them to be well. We want them to feel better. We don't want our kids in pain. But instead of letting our Lord use it as an opportunity for us to connect on a deeper level with our kids, for us to be that first instrument of Christ, like our opening Bible verse says, when they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, he delivered them from their distress. Instead of being seen as an opportunity to help deliver our children from their distress, to be God's hands and his feet on this earth so they can know the touch of God, we can get so uncomfortable where even though we, we will do actions to help their tears, whether it's kiss a boo-boo, put a Band-Aid on, or tell them they'll find a new friend if a friend rejects them. A lot of times, if we take a deeper look into the depths of our hearts, we are often trying to fix the problem and hurry up the tears so that they seem better and feel better, and we don't ourselves have to sit in our own uncomfortability with our child's pain. And so it is like a light switch went off when God presented this to me a few months ago where I honestly view my kids' tears as something incredibly different. In fact, I actually have a very, a much more um, empathetic, in-tuned, sensitive 
um, 10-year-old son who is a deep feeler, a deep thinker. He's wild and creative and adventurous and and just this like really amazing kid. But he's such a deep feeler that sometimes his tears can, over the years, have I'll be really honest and vulnerable here, have made me uncomfortable. I'm like, okay, stop crying, stop crying. And because I just want him to be feel better. And I am so glad that this opportunity presented itself for me during this season where I felt somewhat disconnected for our, from my children that God showed me an opportunity and a way in which he designed the human person so that we would have these opportunities to connect on a deeper level, right? And there's so much that's coming out to show the benefit of tears and crying and what it does for us. For example, one, it has a soothing effect. It, it's self-soothing where it actually helps us calm ourselves down, right? A 2014 study by a, uh, found that crying may have a direct self-soothing effect on people. The study explained how crying actually activates the parasympathetic nervous system, which helps people relax. And so this makes so much sense and it's something that we want to, we don't want to encourage like, yeah, child, keep on crying. But when we quickly want to shut down our child's tears, we're not allowing them to relax and um, calm and soothe themselves while they stay wrapped in our arms or we scratch their back or we kiss their boo-boo. We need to let our kids express themselves with these tears, right? It also helps get support from others. Um, another, uh, study showed that crying is primarily an attachment behavior as it rallies support from people around us. Right. Um, it was exactly what they're, they're explaining when they say that they're, they, the emotional tears, which have a much higher protein content to them makes sense. If it's supposed to elicit, um, sympathy, sympathy and connection from other people. Right. And I don't know if you guys have heard of the mirror neurons, but it's blowing my mind lately. And I just have read about it from so many different angles recently where when we are doing something or we are experiencing something, let's say I'm eating a sandwich and that would illuminate certain parts of the brain. There's actually mirror neurons within um, our brains that as somebody who's watching me eat can actually have the same um things magnified in their brain as if they were eating the sandwich too. These mirror neurons get illuminated as if they're also um, experiencing it. And crying is just an expression that can intensely make our mirror neurons triggered, right? It's like when you see someone cry over something wild and emotional and you can start crying yourself. It's activating, it causes, it draws out empathy and sympathy and draws us to this tender place where we can have these opportunities to be in tune with and attached to and um, delight with our children so that they know the tender touch of mom or dad, right? There's also been some discussion and theories around the fact that crying um, not only enhances our mood because we can see that where it actually can relieve pain because they can prove that um, uh, the oxytocin endorphins that are released during crying help improve our mood, right? These are what we call like feel-good chemicals. But there's also discussion that it releases toxin and release, relieves stress. And that's not totally backed yet, so don't quote me on that. But I know I've read that a number of places, especially as I've <laughs> gone through a lot of reading and literature about healing, etc., where it says that 
Um, they believe that crying could actually reduce the levels of the stress hormones and chemicals in our body, which in turn would reduce our stress. So there's much more research needed in this area, but it's just it's just something that is so interesting if you think about it. And so I think, and you guys can all probably really, I remember being younger and crying so hard about something and then feeling like I had the most peaceful sleep ever because I fell asleep in such a deep, intense sleep as if like just having that good cry was so important. And what better way for our children to know that they can have that good cry, that safe cry and the comfort and safety of our arms, right? And that they're not either quickly hushed to stop crying or um, that mom or dad can't handle their tears. And we're human and we're fallen and we're broken and sometimes all the crying can get really hard. Um, So I'm not saying I'm going to be perfect in this, but I just think that it's really important for us mamas especially to recognize what an opportunity and gift it is for deep connection for us to be able to receive our child through their tears and to not always feel this need to shut up the tears, to not always feel this anxiety of we have to fix a problem, but instead to just be present, just be there, listen to them, let them release all those um, those feel-good feel, um, chemicals, right? Allow them to do that in the safety of our arms. If they if they need to have a feel-good and important cry for even a reason that we adults might find irrational <laughs> or... Um, too small to be having tears about, right? Because we're adult and adults in our minds have matured in so many more ways than our children's have not yet. Even if we can't fully understand their tears, it is so vital for their development to feel safe that their tears are safe with us. And if you haven't had the opportunity to connect as deeply with your children lately as you wish you have, maybe be like me. (laughs) Maybe recognize that today, the tears your kid is going to shed is just one way in which our Lord is inviting you to connect more deeply with your child. Well, friends, as usual, it's been a real treat for me to be on here with you guys. Um, it always just gives me a good excuse to snuggle up in a corner with a cup of tea or a nice cup of warm coffee, or if it's late into the evening, maybe a glass of wine. It's just, you know, ponder the ways in which God is asking us to live out these vocations of wifehood, motherhood, sisterhood, etc. So I am blessed to be with you guys and I am so excited to catch up with you more next week. God bless.